Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Welcome to My Millennial Property. You're joined by John Pigeon and Emily Wallace. Hello, Emily. Hello, hello. Interesting topic today, and and we can only report and comment on what it is at the present, but it's the land tax versus stamp duty conversation. So there's been a fair bit in the media of, of late, and it started off in New South Wales about potentially abolishing stamp duty for all purchases and entering the market so that it makes getting in for the first time more affordable because it is a fair whack um, based on the purchase price of the property, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I also think different thresholds can impact the market as well when it comes to stamp duties. So it's an interesting topic to unpack. I'm keen to discover more on this, definitely. We'll we'll start from the start. We'll talk about basically what land tax is and mm. how it does or does not apply as we see it today. Um, as we've mentioned, it's it's a state-based tax that is only applicable to investment properties, right? So if you've got your own home that you live in, you won't be charged any land tax at all in the state that you own that home, right? So it doesn't apply to owner-occupiers. The tax only applies to investors that own land of the value above the threshold in that particular state that you're in. Okay, so I'll give you an example. So for New South Wales, the land tax general threshold is around about 630,000, might be a little bit higher now. But if you own land to the value of above that, you will start to pay land tax, right? Now, how that's calculated, um, there's a land tax calculator that you can assess what that would be. But obviously, over time, land goes up in value. So you pay this tax every year and it will only get more and more as you own that property, okay? Now, I met with someone about five years ago that it was was paying about seven or eight thousand dollars a year in land tax, all because they held multiple properties that were going up in value, all in New South Wales. So when we're talking strategy for clients, we're always keeping in, in the back of our mind uh, diversification into maybe other states, so that we don't have to deal with paying land tax. Definitely. Now I'm just going to voice a question, and I think some listeners might be thinking: Is there coming along this journey with us through this episode. Um, In terms of, obviously you mentioned the thresholds and they're different in each different state. We're aware of that and you can can Google to find that out most likely. But who actually determines like what the land is worth? Who says, who says, okay, your your parcel of land there is worth 500,000. Who does that? Yeah, generally it's taken on the council rates. So 
you'll see your council rates come out every year and you'll see a land value estimate in that uh, in that column and generally that's the guide that uh, that it's that it takes in in order for the office of state revenue to to charge that now I believe you can contest that if you if you're not happy with that land valuation and you'd get a separate one independently. So I haven't experienced it myself. Um, fortunately, I've never had to pay land tax, but uh, I think you can contest that. But generally speaking, the land value in the rates notice I think is pretty low. It's always a mm. little conservative, so which is great if we're looking at uh, land tax values. That's for sure. So, yeah, just confirming that if you, it, it's only on the land, it's not on the dwelling value as well, right? So you might own a property worth, say, seven hundred thousand, but the land value component of that might only be four hundred thousand. So you, in the New South Wales example, you'd be well under that general threshold. Yeah, perfect. I think that's good clarification just to set the scene for for all the different variables on that. So land value, it's just to do, land tax, sorry, it's just to do on the land. Value varies from state to state on the thresholds. Mm-hmm. But basically, once you start paying it, one would assume from year one that you start paying it ongoing, you'll be paying it because land goes up in value as we know. That's right. Yeah. Now, hopefully the land tax bill is is far less than the growth that you're getting on the property. So you might be able to wear that as a cost of doing business. But I think, generally speaking, we try to avoid it from, from the outset by diversification, oh, diversification of our assets. Um, yeah. So stamp duty, on the other hand, when we're, we'll compare the two in a moment, stamp duty is a one-off cost where you pay to the Office of State Revenue. Again, varies on the state that you're in and that you have to pay to the the ATO basically for purchasing a property in that particular state. One off, never to pay again, but it does, um, I suppose, prohibit a lot of people from entering the market because roughly on a $500,000 property, the stamp duty might be 20 grand, 22 grand. Um, and then some states are a bit more vigorous on their charging of that than others. I know your lovely state of Victoria is one of the highest of stamp duty um, charges. So yeah, cost of doing business. But the debate has started around the government introducing the conversation around do we abolish the stamp duty to allow more homeowners into the market, that 20 odd grand that they don't have to come up with out of our own pocket because you can't lend on stamp duty versus land tax and introducing land tax um, straight away, which I presume, and, and the death, uh, devil will be in the detail, is maybe not having a threshold. So in the example of New South Wales, instead of the threshold being, say, 650000 th- there may not be a threshold. So you'd be paying land tax right from the word go with all your properties within the portfolio. So basically, the, the cases that you just stated there, one is if we keep stamp duty, it's that up upfront lump sum if you're over the, I mean, obviously every state's different again on thresholds and all the rest of it, but um, the lump sum or this land tax, which we're saying would be applicable to everybody if they change the rules, not just investors. Is that right? 
Well, and that's what we're unclear of yet. And so we're speculating as to what may or may not happen, which uh, which is a good yarn to prepare people for when the when the news does break. But New South Wales have started the conversation at government level or state government level, and they want to get all the other states on board to produce something that's maybe a national outcome or a national decision. Um, so potentially that could be to homeowners that actual principal place of residence because if if the government aren't charging a stamp duty to buy our own home to live in, surely they're going to want to recoup some funds somewhere which would um, normally be in, uh, in the space of land tax. Yeah, so basically if that were the case then it's yeah, either a lump sum upfront that you that you need to come up with or in the land tax options and ongoing for the lifetime of you owning that property or a property um, if they do pass it with homeowners and investors being you know eligible for having to pay land tax then yeah I mean I wonder what the people prefer if they prefer yeah. it up front I mean wish we could vote on this right <laughs> it'd be great to vote I actually did a video um, a, a couple of months ago on it just because I heard the breaking news I thought I'll have a, a bit of a yarn about this because it is a good conversation and whilst we don't know the details I in that video I did some some numbers or some scenarios and and I I must say I probably lean towards having that upfront fee and and nothing else going forward I, I just uh, you know the old saying money money in the pocket um, versus having the unknowns of my property is going to go up in value, which means ultimately one day I'm going to be paying land tax, but not only once, I'm going to be paying it every year. So I'm probably still in the in the stamp duty corner, although a lot of listeners will be saying, John, come on, give us a break. It's, it's 20 grand that I don't have to pay, which means I can get into the market sooner rather than later. You have to say my general tendency is to lean towards that ongoing um, if, if, it can be very clear as to what the ongoing might look like. And it's more so, I guess, my point of view comes from dealing with a lot of first home buyers that that stamp duty is such a, a knock yeah. to them in in their deposit amount um, that maybe once they're in the flow of, you know, mortgage repayments and all the rest of it, um, that paying a land tax would be a, a better option for them, basically. Just to, yeah. to budget ongoing, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen. This is the biggest thing. Things in government can take quite some time, as we know, yes, to totally. pass. Yeah, no, look, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of water under the bridge before there is a result made, I would, I would suggest. Um, they're talking June next year, with June 2021, if you're listening to it in 2021. Like on a million dollars or a million dollar purchase, which is basically the norm in Sydney right now, you've got mm. 40 grand of stamp duty. Um, so, look, 20% of one mil uh, as a deposit, you need 200K. With your stamp duty, you need 240. So there's quite a big chunk of change that you don't need if you if it is abolished. So it's very attractive mm. for the first homeowner. Um, if we went 1 million in Victoria, wait for it, don't fall off your chair, <laughs> 57,000. Yeah. So yeah, I can see crazy. why you're gunning for land tax down there, Emily, is because, <laughs> yeah, the stamp duty is a killer down in, in Victoria. Um, 100%. It's, um, yeah, it's a tricky one, even with concessions and exemptions in place in cert at certain thresholds. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, I've got an idea, John, actually, that I want to share with you that you can tell really? me if it's a terrible idea or not, but right. I'll reveal ideas. it after the break and I also want to hear more from you on your thoughts on the matter. 
Cool. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. So, John, I have an idea. All right, and hit me with it. What is it? Okay. Why don't they just make stamp duty the – there must be an average stamp duty figure, right? Across all the purchases made, there must be some magical average figure that they've worked out. Why can't everyone just pay the same amount of stamp duty and we just make it a flat fee instead of the more your property is worth – the more stamp duty you pay. I mean, is that not a great idea? Well, it is a good idea in theory, Emily, but the world is not even and, oh. and nor is it equal. <laughs> now, <laughs> I've got a conspiracy theory around it myself and okay. the, the government has seen prices double in the last five or six years in a, in a lot of suburbs in major cities, Right. So they're thinking, well, the stamp duty is definitely increased for someone coming in. We want to continue getting first home buyers into the market, so that that's cool. The stamp duty is higher, so it makes it harder. But the land tax on those doubled values is going to be much more fruitful for the government than the one-off stamp duty. So I think they're trying to back us into a corner, to be honest. Now, there's word that we do have a choice yeah, oh. we we can actually potentially choose between copying the stamp duty up front or taking the land tax going forward. So, yeah, my, my vote's to, to pay the stamp duty going forward, but I can understand some people's pain out there of, of that being a major obstacle. Now, I, I want to look to other countries and, and indeed one state in Australia that's that's already made these moves. So Australia is seen as somewhat behind the times still having stamp duty in place and, and land tax is quite common in other countries. So um, in New Zealand, for example, they the government makes a lot of their money from GST at 15%, not 10%, right? So I actually don't mind that as well. And we don't want to get into politics and every other tax around the, the world, but New Zealand have, um, don't actually have a, uh, a stamp duty as such. And and the UK also has a, a really low stamp duty amount, so that do allows first homeowners to get into the market more um, or easily, I suppose. But the ACT, our capital mm. in Canberra, now they've implemented in 2012, I think it was, a 20-year phase-out stamp duty. So oh. <laughs> it's a long time. So 2000 and um, what's that? 32 is uh, is when their stamp duty will basically end, I suppose, and, and get gradually phased out. So we're halfway through that, give or take, right now in the ACT. So you actually pay a lot less stamp duty in the ACT than you do in other states of the country. Um, but they may have other rules around land tax that you just need to check as well. Okay, so they're sort of leading the way at the moment. And New South Wales are thinking, well, this mightn't be a bad thing. Let's um, let's entertain it and let the people vote. I mean, 
obvious question again, but do you ever think it would just be nationalised? Like it's so interesting how the property world, not only at a consumer level, but also at an industry level, it's just not nationalised. Every state has their own rules, own regulations you have to adhere to. And I'm sure that's the same in, in a lot of different industries. But what's your thoughts on this ever coming to a national agreement where Aussies are treated all as Aussies, no matter what state you're in? Yeah. Look, I, I think you're, you're right. It would be much easier for everyone if, if there was a national standardised um, across every industry, like education's the same. What's taught mm. in New South Wales very different for Victoria, Queensland, WA, etc. So yeah, I I agree with you. It, it does need to be nationalised. Um, but I suppose what's happening in Dubbo or Orange or um, Ballarat or I don't know Benalla, wherever I'm talking regionals, very different from what's happening in Melbourne and Sydney. So. A lot of government decisions are made on the back of what's happening in Melbourne and Sydney and to a lesser extent Brisbane because majority of the people in Australia live in those uh, three areas. So mm. that it's it's basically, yeah, looking at, at what's happened and that it's all come about because of the increased property prices in the last five years in, in Melbourne and Sydney basically. Yeah, definitely. I mean, which begs the question in the interim – would they move the thresholds up for the exemptions? Because as we know, and this is what I mentioned in sort of like the first minute or so of this episode, I was saying that um, these thresholds might actually tarnish some of the market. For example, uh, if we take Victoria for a minute, the there is no stamp duty for first home buyers under the $600,000 mark, which actually that segment of the market, sometimes you see a lot of sale figures exactly on the $600,000 mark because of that mentality of got, we've got this barrier here about we don't want to pay a cent of stamp duty so it must be six hundred dollars or under. So my question is in the interim with everything rising, do you think they might raise it a little bit just to give a bit of leeway while they sort things out, particularly in New South Wales obviously, or you know, are making a decision sooner rather than later on this land tax versus stamp duty? That's and I suppose that's what they're all going to thrash out in the coming months, isn't it? But mm. like it's it's very again coming back to this standardisation. Um, Victoria's land tax threshold at the minute is is about two hundred eighty thousand. So yeah. if you've got three investment properties in in Victoria, you'd you'd be hurting quite a bit quite now, especially with the growth of the last four or five years. So it, it's quite a low threshold. Um, Whereas Sydney's much or New South Wales much higher, and and a lot of homeowners would never reach it. So, yeah, it it, it does need an overhaul. There's no doubt about that. But where to is uh, is anyone's guess. But be prepared, listening out there, before entering the market, um, or if you're in the market, be prepared that stamp duty and land tax is probably going to change in the next twelve months. Yeah, completely agree, and. Um well, as those changes come about, we might do an updated episode on, on where they sit so everyone can get the the info firsthand from, hopefully you see us as a trusted source, I'm sure many people do, <laughs> to, I guess, unpick that and actually give you what you need to know state by state because it is something you need to factor in, um, whether you're a first-home buyer or an investor mm. and um, something that can be a bit complex to be across sometimes as well. Absolutely. Now... Another thing that I wanted to broach with you and get your thoughts on, mm. 
let's say come next year or, or this year, there's an introduction of land tax to all properties and there's no stamp duty at all. All right? Yep. Land tax is calculated on the land value. Yep. So how do I avoid land tax if I want to buy five properties? It sounds like a riddle. I don't know that you can. <laughs> <laughs> you buy apartments. <laughs> yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> it was a because riddle. Because it's only – it wasn't – it was sort of a riddle. Um, <laughs> you buy apartments because the land mm. tax is the is portioned amongst the 60 or 80 units within yeah, the block. Yeah, in the complex. Right? Yeah. So the yep. land tax is almost – non-existent okay so do we want to buy an apartment does that fit our strategy are we buying property for the sake of avoiding land tax all right now i hope it doesn't come to that but that's mm. without um foreseeing the future that's one way to avoid paying land tax if that's our only choice 100 percent. although i would chime in there and say that if we're making decisions just based on that one component uh, it could be dangerous. Um, obviously, you want to avoid land tax where you can or minimise, I should say, your land tax where you can. But you've got – there's so many factors, as we know, vacancy rates, the block itself, what, you know, what's happening in there, the apartment itself, those sorts of things. But I understand what your, your point is very valid, you know, minimise it, buy apartments, why not? And we could see that apartment market really kick off if, that, if that's the case because some people would just say, well – I don't want to buy a, a big house that's going to have growth over time, even though it might be at the same price point as an apartment mm. um, because I don't want this land tax hanging over my head. So yeah. mm, that that's could be right. interesting. And, and that's what I was getting at is, is it could change the uh, the landscape of, um, of property in Australia dramatically in the next five years. But, yeah, look – we're all we're just speculating here. We don't really know anything at the moment. We just wanted to have a yarn about stamp duty and land tax. First of all, understanding what the two are uh, for for first time listeners, but then um, ploughing through it to see what's going to come in the next twelve months or so, and and how can we adapt and and strategize as we need to if we're entering the market for the first time or we're building a portfolio of properties. Most definitely. Hopefully that has um, helped unpack those topics for you. For those of you who have never heard of either of those or you're not really sure about what land tax is or how it's calculated. Um, but we will get you posted on updates throughout 2021 as those changes do uh, get announced or come into effect because we want to keep you posted. Um, if there are any other topics, I mean, you know, land tax stamp duty directly related to property, but if there are any other topics of some of those items that you're really not sure what they mean, um, and if we haven't previously covered off on them in previous episodes, please let us know. John and I really love to be able to add value to your time, you know, listening to a, a podcast, you might be walking, you might be driving, we want to make sure your time is used wisely and we're adding value to your time, so please let us know what you'd like to hear about. Absolutely, yeah. And and for further info, if you want to stay updated yourself and not have to rely on us, um, you can go to the Office of State Revenue in your state. So, yeah, you can click on links to that and, and maybe follow them as you need to and they can provide you with further updates because that's really where it's at um, in, in release these breaking stories. Most definitely. So the long short of it is we'll keep you posted on any changes. Hope you've got some intel from the difference on stamps versus land tax and uh, thank you for joining us today thanks for tuning in and, and hope you've learned something 
Absolutely. Yeah, good chat and we'll talk soon. Will do. Speak to you soon. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Taking your property journey to the next level starts with education. That's why we make this podcast, but we've also created online courses to equip you with the knowledge you need to take the next steps. I've created the Solvair Online Academy, open to both first home buyers and seasoned investors, where I share my tips and experience from 20 years in the property space. And I've created the Buying Coach, built from my experience as a buyer's advocate to demystify the confusion around purchasing property, particularly for first home buyers. Follow the links in the show notes to sign up and get get started today. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 